Welcome to The Tangent on Veritas Catholic Network. I'm Father Sam Kachuba, and for this episode, I'm, I'm flying solo. I'm, I'm on my own. I don't have anybody else with me. It's just it's just me. So I'm happy to be with you, happy to be talking with you today. We're going to talk about discernment today. And uh, before I get into talking about discernment, uh, I want to just take take a moment to acknowledge the, the absence of my co-host and my producer, Matt Sparaza. And because he's not here, I want to say some nice things about him. Um, it's not that I wouldn't say these things to his face. I just want to say some nice, nice things about him uh, because I think I've mentioned this in past episodes. And if I haven't, we're still pretty early in the existence of this show. So let me just say it nice, nice and early here. Uh, Matt is one of my former students, and this is kind of cool. So I was a high school chaplain at Trinity Catholic High School in Stanford. And uh, Matt was one of my students while he was there. And he came into my office a lot, I think mostly just to get uh, candy out of the candy bowl or to skip class and have an excuse like, oh, I was with the priest. It's okay. Uh, but I just want to say, I'm, I'm really proud of what Matt's doing. Uh, not only has he gone into Catholic education himself, so he's, he's full-time teaching. Uh, he's also doing a lot of work here at, at Veritas, helping to produce shows, helping to, to make this happen. So it's really cool as, as a priest, I've got to say, it's really cool to see how, uh, someone who was, was once my student has, has gone and, on and, and is doing such great things uh, for the sake of the gospel and to, to bring the gospel to other people. I'm really excited about that. Uh, but here we are, the Veritas on uh, the Veritas. <laughs> the Tangent. I know what I'm called. I know what this is. This is The Tangent on Veritas Catholic Network. All right. So I said we're going to talk about discernment. Discernment is, is a big thing. I, I thought about calling this episode Stop Discerning. And then I thought about it a little bit more and I thought, no, maybe we should call it Start Discerning. And I'm not really sure what we're going to land on. It's either stop or start, but but either way, discernment is a hugely important thing in the life of the church. So first, what do we mean when we say discernment? Well, discernment in the Catholic context and in the, the spiritual life refers to the idea that we are trying to understand and know what is the will of God for each of us. So most often we hear about this in the context of vocational discernment. What is my vocation? What is it that God has called me to do? What is the thing he wants me to be? So this is a big deal in, in my own life, figuring out that God was calling me to the priesthood. I had to discern and come to understand what it was that God wanted me to do. So as I began that process of discernment, what was necessary? Well, there, there's a lot that's necessary in order to discern, and there's a lot that happens in discernment. So a couple of things that have been on my mind. The first thing is this, that we can kind of go to various extremes when it comes to this subject. We, don't, we want to avoid extremes whenever possible because those extremes often get us into trouble. So on the one hand, you have this extreme, which is to discern everything. And we can get into a place where in that, uh, in that desire to be open to the will of God, we end up actually paralyzed. If I get into a mode of I'm, I'm trying to always discern what is it that God wants me to do, I can become so focused on trying to discern and then discerning my discernment and then discerning my discernment of my discernment, which is just way too many times saying the word discernment, right? I can get so caught up in that, that what actually happens is I get paralyzed. I don't do anything. I don't act. On the other extreme is either never discerning or figuring out one thing and then thinking we don't have to discern anymore. And so we just kind of go along without really doing much. Now, to be honest with you, when I think about uh, not discerning at all, that's actually where I see myself most often currently. And that's because I, as a pastor, 
I, I very often have to make decisions about things. I don't often have time to, to really pray through those decisions. And so sometimes the things that I'm looking at doing, I'm thinking about them because this is the most practical thing I can do, or I see the solution to this particular problem right now. And often the most practical, the, the simplest solution is the right one. But there are certain things in, in the context of priestly ministry that I should really take a step back. I should take more time to pray. I should be discerning more. So these two extremes, either getting so focused on the discernment that we forget that God can answer us, and so we don't do anything, we get paralyzed into inaction because we have too many choices or because we're just too afraid to actually make the final decision, and not discerning anything at all. These are the two extremes that we, we want to try to avoid, but it's important for us to kind of talk about both of them, all right? So here we go into a, a greater discussion. Now, for this, there's there's a great book, and we'll put the title in the show notes and in the description of, of this so that you can, you can check it out uh, on your own time. But uh, there's a book called Discerning the Will of God by Father Timothy Gallagher. And uh, Father Timothy Gallagher is a really incredible, incredible author. He's an expert in the Ignatian spirituality, so the, the spirituality proposed by St. Ignatius of Loyola. It's interesting, Father Gallagher is, is not a Jesuit. St. Ignatius of Loyola, of course, is the founder of the Jesuits. He's an oblate of the Virgin Mary, but he's he's got this incredible insight into what Ignatius does. I would love to get him on the show, actually, so maybe someday we'll do that. That's that's part of the goal here, too, is to to get other people to come on the show. So, like, well, you don't get stuck with me flying solo uh, if, if Matt's not available or something, right? I would love to get him on. Uh, I've heard him talk, and I'm, I'm this is, it's called the tangent, right? <laughs> Father Timothy Gallagher, in this talk that I heard him give, it was a room full of people, at least 100 people, if not more. And as he was speaking, it felt like he was speaking directly to me. And he had this way of speaking about the spiritual life that in his voice, you could hear this, this deep reverence. He had a deep reverence for the spiritual experience of, of each person. And so as he was speaking about different topics and, and different using different examples of how people have come to understand the will of God for themselves, you could see that, that each of these examples was not theoretical. These examples were real people that he had worked with, real people he had worked with. And so in that reality, he reverenced their experience. It's very rare to find somebody who, who can, even speaking about something that happened in the past, can still see the presence of God so clearly and can, can understand it. It was, it was very powerful to hear. So I highly recommend, if you ever have the chance to read Discerning the Will of God by Father Timothy Gallagher, you should read it. And in fact, really everything that he's written is, is outstanding. Uh, I, I really, I really highly, highly recommend him. All right, well, in, in Discerning the Will of God, Father Timothy Gallagher gives us some basic rules if we're going to discern. The first thing, if I'm going to try to figure out God's will, if I'm going to try to understand what it is that God wants me to do, I have to have a relationship with God first. I have to know that God loves me. I have to know myself to be loved by God. Well, if you're listening to this, chances are you, you have some sense of, of a spiritual life, some sense of a relationship with God. But just in case you don't, let me tell you, you are deeply loved by God. You were created to be in a relationship with God. By virtue of your baptism, you were given this incredible dignity. God has called you into his world. He's called you into a relationship with him. And so we are destined for eternity with God. And if we're destined for eternity with God in this life, in this time that we have on earth, there's a way in which we're going to live that out. 
Now, when we get into, for example, the Second Vatican Council, I love the document Lumen Gentium. It's the dogmatic constitution on the church, that the church is to be a light to the nations, to all the peoples. Well, right at the heart of Lumen Gentium, right at the heart of the Second Vatican Council, then, because it, we can get into this in another episode, but the, the Lumen Gentium, I think, is the most important document of the entire council. Lumen Gentium, the dogmatic constitution on the church, forms, in fact, then the foundation for so many other aspects of what the council is teaching. Right, So if you have a proper understanding of what the church is and what the church's role in the world is and why the church exists, then we're going to understand our pastoral mission, which the church talks about in Guiding Met's Best. We're going to understand how we read the scriptures, which we talk about in Dei Verbum. We're going to understand how we worship, which we talk about in Sacrosanctum Concilium. And so even though Lumen Gentium wasn't the first of the documents to be written, I am firmly convinced that it's the most important. It's at the heart. Well, what's at the heart of Lumen Gentium? At the heart of this incredible document of the Second Vatican Council is a chapter called The Universal Call to Holiness. When it comes to talking about a vocation, vocation meaning from the Latin vocare, meaning to call, right? A vocation is God's call to each of us. Well, if a vocation is God's call to each of us, then what this means is the vocation that has been given to us above all, and it's the vocation that unites each and every one of us, is that we have all been called to holiness. We've all been called to be saints. On the day you were baptized, you were brought into life in Christ. Through baptism, you were washed clean of original sin, but by virtue of your baptism, you were sent on a mission, a mission to grow in God's grace every day, a mission to become really holy, and then a mission to be lived out in some particular way that's unique to you. So before we can really discern God's particular will for each of us, we have to understand some basic things. And it starts with understanding that we're created by God, a God who loves us, a God who wants to be in relationship with us. So if it's true that we were created by a God who loves us and a God who wants to be in a relationship with us, and it is true, this same God who's called us, who's created us, and who wants us to be in a relationship with him, then will give us what's necessary. So he has a plan. And so if I'm going to discern God's will, I need to know first who I am, that I've been created by this God. Then I need to have that relationship with him. And in that relationship, come to be aware that God has some particular thing for me to do. And so what's necessary if I'm going to try to figure that out? Well, the first thing is I've got to have a relationship in prayer. I've got to pray every day. I've got to have something happening where I'm turning to the Lord. The sacraments are essential also. So I have to be living out the Catholic faith. I have to be practicing the faith. That means I go to mass. That means I, I go to confession. It's best if you want to embark on a journey of discernment to then also be involved in spiritual direction, to have, have someone to whom you're accountable, someone who's walking with you and helping you understand what it is that you're, that you're called to be. Somebody who's helping to guide your prayers so that you can understand how God is, is active in, in your life. So when we do all of this, right, we come to a, an understanding. Now I'm, I'm ready. That's sort of the preparation. Know that you're created by God, that you're loved by God. Pray, live out the sacraments, receive the sacraments faithfully. And then once you get to that place, you can start to ask the question, all right, what am I supposed to do? What do you want from me, God? Now, that's a question that can happen in many different ways. It's a question that we can, we can ask very deliberately in prayer. It's a question that can just kind of be floating around in the back of our mind. I mean, think about how many times we, we are, we're asked that kind of question throughout our life, right? 
uh, what do you want to be? When I was growing up, I was always asked, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the a priest was never the thing I would say, by the way. I would never have said, I, I want to be a priest. No, I wanted to be, first of all, I want to be a garbage man because who doesn't, as a kid, want to be a garbage man? It's the coolest thing in the world. You get to ride around on the back of the truck. I was actually just out this morning walking my dog and a garbage truck went by and, and the guy was hanging onto the back of it and it was just so cool. I mean, it smelled terrible, but it was so cool. This guy's just riding on the back of a truck and it's like bouncing around down the street and and he's just hanging on. And what a cool thing to do. Like as a kid, how do you not want to do that? So I wanted to be a garbage owner when I was growing up. But then of course you, you realize that's that's not what God had in store for me, right? He wanted something else. So I started looking around and thinking that I wasn't thinking about what God wanted for me, but I, I was thinking, what what am I supposed to do? love baseball. So I wanted to be a baseball player. I was going to play for the Mets and it was going to be amazing. And then I discovered that um, I'm not really good at sports. I like sports a lot. I'm a huge fan, but athletic ability was not the thing, the talent that was given to me. My brother got all the athletic talent. He's a really good athlete. But then I started thinking, well, all right, if I'm not going to be an athlete, then maybe I could be a musician because I, I do have that gift. That was something I was really good at as a kid. So playing music has always been something that I that I really enjoyed. I started playing violin when I was four years old. So I've played I've played instruments my whole life, and maybe that's what I could do. But as I as I got older, even that wasn't the thing that really captured me. All right. Even even though, again, there's nothing, there's nothing bad with that. Uh, it's 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 all very good. As I kept going, I started realizing that the people who inspired me most were my teachers. I had, I had teachers who, who were just so formative. And so I started thinking about becoming a teacher myself and, and what a beautiful influence they were able to have on so many people's lives. And it was really around that time that I also started to realize those very influential teachers, they all happened to be Catholic. And as I got into youth ministry as a high school student, started to realize the things that I was learning were drawing me deeper into my faith. I was more and more enthusiastic about knowing about God. Who is, who is this God who made me? Who is this Jesus who worked miracles and who I've been hearing about my whole life, but maybe I haven't really entered into a relationship with? And that's when I was invited into a real lived relationship with Christ. And as that started to take place, as I started to grow in my own understanding of what it means to live out the sacraments, what it means to practice the faith, what it means to pray, I started to realize that maybe God was calling me not to one of the things that I had always thought about, but maybe to something different. And that's how the idea of the priesthood first really came to my mind. Now, there's a couple other things we'll talk about as we go along, but my first dreams of what do I want to be when I grow up? Well, that's the whole point, right? We all want to know what we're going to be, what we're supposed to do. And God has a plan for that. So when we start to ask God, what do you want me to do? That's the beginning of discernment. All right. Now, when it comes to understanding the answer to that question, that question that we are exploring, all right, this is, this is a, maybe a long way to go about it, or maybe there's not enough time to go about it, but this is the tangent on Veritas Catholic Network, and I've only got so much time. But hey, uh, you can listen to this live on on. Uh, well, not live, it's recorded, but then aired on, on the radio. If you're uh, in, in our area here in Connecticut, uh, you can listen to it there on the radio on Fridays. You can listen to it uh, on the Veritas Catholic Network app. You can also download this as a podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. And if you do that, hey, every once in a while, I might go a little bit longer. We'll do kind of the radio edit that airs on Friday, and then you can get some maybe extra bonus content if you really want. Uh, let, let's see what happens. Maybe we can throw that in there. It's going to be fun. All right. Now, 
the first point of discernment, and Father Timothy Gallagher writes about this, St. Ignatius of Loyola writes about this, right? Maybe I should reverse the order. St. Ignatius of Loyola writes about it, and Father Timothy Gallagher writes about what St. Ignatius of Loyola writes about, and then I talk about what they both wrote about. Yeah, that's it. That's a better order. All right. So St. Ignatius talks about how when trying to figure out the will of God, we might have what's called a, a clarity beyond doubt. We just know. My experience of being called to the priesthood, I'll use as an example. Because it came during a retreat when I was about 15 years old. And during that retreat, we were asked to pray and asked to just say to the Lord, God, what do you want me to do? And so as I was praying, God, what do you want me to do? I can tell you that I very, very clearly understood the voice of the Lord to be speaking to my heart saying, be a priest. It was a terrifying moment, but it was clear. And it was a clear from outside of me experience. And having that experience made me realize, all right, if God's calling me to be a priest, then there's going to be some other things. And I started to, well, actually, I started to fight against this. And no, I don't want to be a priest. Please don't ask me to do that. That's not, that's not what I want to do. But it became very clear that that was something that was from the Lord to me. And so this clarity beyond doubt means we just know. We just know that we're supposed to do it. I often talk about this with couples who are getting married. And in their time of preparation, Sometimes I wonder, have they really discerned marriage or is it just that they, they know that they're, that they're meant for one another? They know that they should be getting married. Most often I, I find that uh, the question of should I get married or not uh, isn't really a question for discernment. Many people already understand that they're, that they're supposed to be married. They knew from a very young age and they knew from a very young age without any deep thought, without any sense of Christian identity, without any sense of, of needing to invite God into the question. They simply knew. And I think that's actually very true, right? So we talk about marriage. Marriage is the natural vocation. Marriage is the natural state. Man and woman are made for one another. Go back to Genesis, read about Adam and Eve. And what, what do we see? They're ordered to one another. And so marriage is our natural state. We're called to marriage by our very nature. We're ordered in that way, right? This is, this is part of who we are. And in fact, that's how all of nature is, is ordered. All, all, all uh, animal nature, right? Look at every, every species of animal, every different kind of animal. They're ordered one to the other, male to female, so that the, the species can, can continue. And so our natural state is to be called into, into marriage. Jesus makes marriage a, a supernatural vocation by giving particular graces, that's why the wedding feast at Cana, he works a miracle over nature, changing water into wine. So in that, in that context of the wedding, he makes something happen. He does something miraculous for that couple. So they receive this great gift. The, the vocation of the priesthood to religious life, to, to the celibate life, which would be not marriage, seems maybe then to not be as, as natural. And in fact, it's, it's not. It's supernatural. We're talking about a supernatural grace that God gives to us, a supernatural way that he calls us to live. Now, that doesn't mean that every aspect of my life is supernatural. Believe me, it's not. But this is one way that God calls to us. So to be called to the priesthood, I realized very clearly this was where God wanted me. But I didn't fully understand what that meant. And so then St. Ignatius, Ignatius tells us, go from, from that clarity beyond doubt, like where you just know that this is a thing, and start asking yourself, what do I see happening? 
Ignatius talks about the attraction of the heart. What am I drawn to? What's my heart drawn to? And often when we're, when we're talking about this, we'll see, I'm always really interested in, or I'm always really attracted to this one thing. That's how, that's how people decide what they're going to major in, in college, right? You, you go off to school and, and you discover a, a subject that you had never studied before. And you realize, I really want to study this more. I really want to dive into this a little bit more. I didn't realize how interesting theology was going to be. I felt like I was called to the priesthood, but I didn't realize how interesting I was going to, interested I was going to be in theology, even in philosophy. Right? How powerful. So there are certain things we might be drawn to it. So you're drawn to a particular field of study as you're getting ready to go off to college or as you're in college. You're drawn to uh, a particular workplace, to a company, to a job. You're drawn to certain things. And, and we realize that there's this attraction of the heart. And by attraction of the heart, we, we really mean that there's, there's something moving interiorly. It's not an, an external thing that's happening. So that attraction, I'm just always drawn to to be at this place. Or there's there's something that I just really find beautiful about about talking about this thing, or about working with this person, or about being around them. Or there's something about, for example, the priesthood or religious life that just keeps drawing my heart, and I can't get away from the thought of it. There's a real beauty there, right? And so this attraction of the heart over time, something's going to happen as you think about these things. What, what do you notice? You're going to notice what Ignatius calls consolation. Consolation for St. Ignatius is a general sense of peace, tranquility, and joy. A sense that this thing that we have been meditating on or thinking about, there's a, we, we are able to recognize and see the presence of God in that. He also talks about desolation. Pay attention to those moments of desolation. That is, those times when you don't feel that peace, that, those times when as you're thinking about something, there's no, there's no real peace about the thing. That's desolation. And then we see the consistent draw, that consistent attraction. Right? So maybe there's something that you've consistently throughout your entire life been attracted to do. Chances are that's where God is, is calling you. And the last piece that, that Ignatius proposes for discernment is what's called the preponderance of evidence. The preponderance of evidence is when I make the pros and cons list, should I do this or should I not do this? We start to see that, that these things all point me in that direction and none of these things, like none of the cons make, mean, mean that I should. When the evidence points us to, to something, we, we can trust that we're, we're doing God's will. Now, before I keep going, I want to just go back to what I said before about those those extremes. So on, on one extreme, we can get into the idea of, of discernment almost to a fault. We try to discern everything and we get so caught up in the discernment that we never actually make a decision. And on the other hand, the other extreme is that we stop discerning altogether. We never really think about what it is that we're supposed to do. All right. In my experience as a priest, I've personally experienced the discernment paralysis. And I've seen a lot of people who struggle with it. Discernment paralysis, that's when we're so caught up in doing these other things or in trying to figure out what it is that God wants us to do that we forget to actually make a decision. And so we sit back waiting for clarity beyond doubt. Remember that that first item. We start waiting for God to give us this absolute sign. Or we're, we're waiting for the voice of God to speak from the heavens and tell us beyond any doubt that this is what we're supposed to do. God doesn't always do that. You see, for me, as I heard God speaking, that was like the one time, the one time in all of my discernment about the priesthood was, was that one experience, be a priest. I was only 15. I wasn't ready to be a priest. I wasn't ready to go to the seminary. And so what I had to learn to do was to see the attraction of the heart 
and how over time I became more and more attracted to the priesthood. I felt more and more drawn to it. I had to learn that the, the evidence was pointing me in that direction and that not every aspect of discernment, not everything about trying to figure out God's will was going to be so clear. But sometimes we get caught thinking, God's always going to be clear. There's always going to be this absolute knowledge that I have. I would love to believe that that's possible. And I think for certain people in their holiness and in their prayerfulness, it is. I can tell you that I'm not one of those people. God needs to speak to me in multiple different ways before I get the message. And maybe that says something negative about me. I don't know. But here's the thing. When trying to figure out God's will, if we get so caught waiting, I'm just waiting for God to tell me something. We, we can kind of get into, let's call it a version of quietism, a sense of I'm just waiting for God to tell me something. I'm just waiting on the Lord to, to guide me. Um, I'm waiting for God to send me a spouse, to, to send me that, that man or that woman who's going to marry me, and, and that's how I'll know that I'm supposed to get married. Or I'm just waiting for God uh, to send me the right sister to walk into my life and say, you're supposed to be in my community. Or I'm waiting for, for God to tell me just clearly that I should be a priest. It's not going to work that way. Like If you're just waiting around, waiting for a husband, if you're just waiting around for a wife, and you're not looking, you're not trying to figure out what it is, then you're not going to find a spouse, right? The same thing is true. If you think God's just going to tell you be a priest, but you're not looking at the seminary, you're not going and talking to a priest about becoming a priest. If you think that the convent is just going to throw open the door and come looking for you and drag you in, <laughs> it's not going to happen that way. We can get paralyzed. We can get paralyzed, afraid to move. And so there's this movement that we're called to make. And it's actually a really beautiful movement. As we go through this, as we pray, as, as we discern different things, as, as we ask these different questions, God wants us to know the answer. That's the thing he wants us to know. And then he wants us to act. He wants us to take the step, go for it, get in there. So if you're thinking that you're called to the priesthood, call the vocation director. If in the context of that discernment with the vocation director, there's still some evidence pointing you towards the seminary, then, then apply to the seminary, right? If, if you're thinking about, about marriage and, and you, you meet a young woman and you're, you're interested in, in, in talking to her more and you want to see if you're, if you're called to, to marriage, don't wait for God to tell you. Go ask her out, right? And we do that. Now, that doesn't mean to like encourage people to do reckless things or, or be silly or, 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 or anything like that, but take the step. Take the step and take the step trusting God. That's the key, really. It's not just do it. Take the step trusting God. You know, we're coming up, uh, we, we, we read uh, Padre Pio all the time, this, this movie about Padre Pio that's supposed to come out. I don't know if it's come out yet. Um, by the time this airs, maybe it's been out. I don't know. I'm really excited about the Padre Pio movie. But when, when you think about Padre Pio, we, we always hear his quote, pray, hope, and don't worry. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Go for it. Pray with that confidence that, that God is going to guide you hope, trust that, that God has a plan for you. And then don't worry. Here's the thing. God will tell you what you need. He'll show you the way. And if you make a decision and it's not where he wants you, he will guide you back to where he needs you. So I've seen so many people who discern that they're called into the seminary, they're called into the convent, who in the context of their living in the seminary, they're going through priestly formation or their context of being in the convent and going through religious formation, discern that in fact, the Lord does not want them to do that, but they needed to go and see it up close and personal in order to understand. All right, And then they make the decision to, to move in the other direction.
I went into the seminary not fully confident of my own vocation to the priesthood, but I knew that I had to go. I had to give it a shot. When I went and gave it a shot, I came to understand better that I was, in fact, called to the priesthood. Now, here we get to that other extreme, and we're going to close with this other extreme because it's it's really important. The other extreme is to think, once I've found my vocation, once I've found the thing that God wants me to do, I'm done. I don't need to worry about it anymore. So I can get to that point where, all right, I became a priest. I'm a priest, and now I don't have anything else to discern. I'm I'm good. And I just kind of go about my day doing the things that I'm supposed to do. A married couple discerns that they're that they're called to marriage. They fall in love with one another and they, they decide, all right, we're go- we are meant for one another. It's not just I'm called to marriage vaguely, but I'm called to marry this particular person. Let's get married. We go off, we get married. And then we just kind of live married life without any further discernment. And here's where we can also fall into a trap, which is just kind of getting complacent. It's a spiritual sort of, yeah, I'm just kind of going along. There's a reason for that, right? We found our vocation, and so we're just joyful that we found it. But I can tell you in 15 years as a priest, the many different things, well, not quite 15 years, almost 15 years. It'll be 15 years in a couple months. Let's just say 15 years because it just, anyway, not, what am I doing? <laughs> Here we go. In discerning and finding my vocation, I could easily fall into complacency, and sometimes I do. But then there are these moments where I realize I have two options in front of me, maybe two very good options. Does God want me to do this or this? Which path does he want me to follow? And it's really important for me to be aware that he's still calling and that he's still inviting me into discernment. God, what do you want me to do today with my vocation to the priesthood? God, what do you want me to do today with my vocation as a married man, as a married woman? God, what do you want me to do today? See, discernment is not just about the big picture vocation stuff. Discernment can also be about God's will right now, in the present moment. That God has a plan for you, smaller things. That God has a a desire for you to accomplish something today. When we cultivate a discerning heart by prayer, by sacramental practice, by remembering who we are, created in his image and likeness, loved eternally, saved by the precious blood of the Lamb, When we cultivate that discerning heart, then in each moment, we're able to recognize his presence. We're able to recognize his call. We're able to see that he's inviting us into something. Discernment isn't easy, but discernment is necessary. Sometimes we have to stop discerning and act. And sometimes after we've stopped discerning, we need to start again so we can understand what the next thing is. If you're looking for your vocation and you're not discerning, start. If you've been discerning your vocation for a long time and can't figure it out, I really want to encourage you, with the help of a spiritual director, take a step. Take a step and trust that God is going to guide you every step of the way. And if you have found your vocation and you're living it out, start discerning again. Not because it's a question of your vocation, but start discerning again to understand how God is now calling you to live out your vocation today in these particular circumstances. If we start to discern more, if we cultivate that discerning heart, I think amazing things will happen for us. So thanks for joining me on the tangent on Veritas Catholic Network. Again, you can listen to this every Friday uh, on the radio. 
at 12.30. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. You can like and follow us on all the different social medias. I don't actually know how many different social medias we have. Matt was making me watch videos about, about YouTube and how to get more likes and everything on YouTube. And he's trying to make me learn things. And I, I'm not a huge social media guy myself. But hey, I'm going to learn. I'm going to do whatever I can because I think what we're doing here is, is important. And I'm so grateful to have you here watching, having you here listening. However it is that you are consuming this stuff, I thank you for it and God bless you.